Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're momming today with Florence Ann Romano, a child and village advocate. I also know you as the Windy City Nanny, right? On YouTube? <laughs> yes, that's right. Welcome. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I, I know. Me too. I'm actually really excited to talk about you because I feel like this podcast will be about me and my problems. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's Let's true. Let it, all, let it all hang out, girl. Let's hear it. Don't Mom rage. Okay, first things first. I do feel like everybody has raged these days. Uh, literally, I'll be in normal circumstances with men and women. It's not only a mom thing. And I feel like I'm being very polite and I get a really angry response in return. So I definitely think something's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> specifically, moms are angry right now. Why are we so angry? Well, I think you have every reason to be. But I think, you know, let's go back a little bit with, you know, when the pandemic hit and everybody, you know, lost everybody in their life in terms of support systems. You can't be with this person. You can't, you know, get together. You can't you can't have that support. And the nanny's gone. The babysitter's gone. Daycare is gone. Everybody's gone. And you're like, okay, so now I have no village. I have no one to help me. And you're left with all of your feelings and all of your rage and all the annoyances. And so, that you know, the common mom triggers. It isn't anything crazy. You know, you you're you know, moms, you have disproportionate responsibilities, you know, with their partners most of the time. You know, there's endless clutter and mess. You know, you're socially isolated, anxiety and stress all the time. Everybody's whining. Everyone's upset. Everyone's complaining. You have no personal space. Everyone's touching you all the time. You don't have a moment to yourself. You've had no sleep in, you know, 10 years, you know, so all of that is triggering you. And so, um, you know, the idea that maybe now we're feeling like everyone's a little bit more rageful, we can, you know, blame, you know, (laughs) the full moon. We can blame anything we want out there. But it's this idea that, you know, it's a long fuse a lot of the times with moms, but when it blows, it blows. And I think everyone is starting to feel, you know, just the state of the world right now. And my gosh, I think you can only take so much. And that's what I think we're feeling. So everyone's just mad. See, because I was going to, you know, challenge you a little bit. I was going to say, look, yeah, yeah, we're still in a pandemic, but the kids are back in school for the most part. The masks are off. I mean, we're not as worried as we were when COVID first hit. So it's like, what's our excuse? What's my excuse for being so angry all the time? And you just think it built up. It builds up. I think it builds up. I think that you, when you don't have a place to let go of those feelings or, you know, let it all hang out, like I said earlier, that, you know, it does build up and then it's going to come out in, in, in crazy ways. Like we always say, like, I have no idea why that one thing happened. Like, you know, I lost my mind, you know, on my mom the other day, you know, for no reason. She called me and she's like, how are you? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I am right now. But it was like, no, one, I didn't want to be asked how I was because all of a sudden it just started pouring out of me. I was like, I've got this going on and that. I don't want to do this. And this is bothering me. And this person's driving me crazy. And so it's never about what it's about sometimes. I think that's what's what's important to know too. You know, in that moment where you lose it, 
It's not necessarily because no one emptied the dishwasher for you. It's about the fact that I've had weeks, weeks of things building up in me. And that's the straw that broke the camel's back. So we don't always have to put it in a box with a pretty little bow on it and say, this is why I feel this way and compartmentalize everything. No, it doesn't. Ha- there doesn't have to be a reason why all of those motions coming, flowing out of you for one trigger, because it's never about that one specific thing. It's always about something else usually. Okay, so when you blew up at your mother, what did she do? (laughs) Well, you know, we're we're an Italian family, so no one's like totally surprised, you know, that (laughs) you you have that moment. Um, You know, she kind of just said, okay, you know, well, do do you want to talk about it? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk. I don't really know what to say. And then she's just kind of quiet. And then just all of a sudden, you know, that stream of consciousness comes and then it all comes out. And and she just kind of, you know, balances the moment. And I think I always say that to my girlfriends that like, you're not allowed to be a mess when I'm a mess. Okay. Like we need to have the yin and yang. Like you can be crazy tomorrow. I'm going to be crazy today. And that's just how, you know, friendship works. But I feel like my mom and I have that too. It's like, you know, only one person's allowed to be crazy at a time. So today it's me and you're going to let me go crazy. And I'm going to say all this stuff. And tomorrow, you know, you can be the one to, you know, blow up, you know, on me. But I think it's about when someone has that moment where you see that maybe they've unraveled, you see that they're they're at the end of their rope, try to complement that energy a different way. You know, it, what they need in that moment is someone to listen. Someone said to me the other day, and I thought this was so smart, it, in a moment where you're just kind of letting it all out, I, is that person looking for advice or are they just looking to vent? And I think those are two important differentiators, especially with moms too, is that it's not necessarily that you're looking for advice in that moment. Maybe you just need to let it out and that's the release you needed to be able to survive another day. And maybe you are looking for advice, but if you're talking to someone, that's a great question to ask. And I've started to do that with my friends too. I'm like, do you want me to give an opinion on this? Do you want advice on it? Or do you just want to talk it, you know, just talk it out with me. And it kind of helps prompt the direction of that conversation. And it also helps you kind of take inventory of yourself and you're like, all right, you know what? I wasn't sure what I needed, but now that you've asked me that, yeah, this is what I want. This is what you can do for me. And in that moment, you're asking for help. So I know my triggers. I, I, mm-hmm. I give myself credit for that. And they're little, I have, a, I have a very long fuse, but there's a point when the toys in the basement are all over the place or put away in the wrong place, as in they just they pick them up off the floor and just put them in any bin, completely discombobulated, that's my trigger. It's not a big deal. I know it's not a big deal, but it's my trigger. Uh-huh. And I explode. And now my young children, I've noticed they have like their tantrums are sounding a little bit like mine, and I'm not proud of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do I do about that? Well, like you said, the children emulate the energy or they emulate the behavior. And so, you know, please don't feel like I'm so far gone now. I can never change it. And now I've ruined the children and there's not, you know, no coming back (laughs) from this. You know, I think that, you know, it's all it's, you know, there's nothing to be done now. Um, It's the idea that messing up and and not being perfect is okay. And the fact that you're saying that you're seeing that behavior with your children uh, change based on you know your own self-awareness, I think first of all, amazing that you're able to do that, that you're able to say that. And second of all, it's it's 
it's easily fixable. And that's what I don't want parents feeling like they're doing all this irreversible damage all the time because they hear their kids say something that you say or do something that you do. Let them see you have a moment where you're like, you know what? I'm not proud of what I just said, how I said it, how I behaved. And I'm going to do better next time. And say that to your kid because we want them to do that too. They're going to mess up. They're going to say things they don't mean to say. They're going to lash out in a way that maybe they're not going to be proud of, maybe that embarrasses with them. But knowing that they have another chance to fix it, that's an important lesson. And I don't think parents need to seem like they're perfect all the time. Children being able to see that you're allowed to mess up, you're allowed to make mistakes, and even parents do that too, but taking responsibility for it and saying, you know what, this is what I'm going to do differently next time. That's what's important. So I think what you're saying right now about them exhibiting this behavior based on what they've seen you do Next time, try with them when you do blow up that way, when it's, you know, it's your trigger, you know, it's probably going to happen again and that's okay. Say to your kids, mommy doesn't love, you know, like what she said, how she said it. And, you know, next time I'm going to do, I'm going to do it differently. And so I, I think that seeing that vulnerability from a parent is important for a child because it makes them be able to relate to you a little bit differently. They're like, wow, you know, that's, I guess, a human, not that they're going to say it this way, they're kids, but it's a human response. And so, you know, again, I think we're, we're in a world now where, you know, social media and otherwise makes everything have to be perfectly. perfect. Oh God, I had such a wonderful day with my kids. We did this. I'm like, whose day is that smooth when you have like more than one involved it's not even their day okay i know it's not their day instagram all of that it's a highlight reel it's not (laughs) it's not the real day this perfect parenting isn't going on and look how beautifully dressed my children are and i've been showered you know and i've undone my workout and i've you know saved you know you know drowning puppies i've done all Day. And so, you know, I know, I mean, so that's, I think that also, like, let's be honest about that. The social pressures that we have on ourselves as parents and just people in general, no wonder we're all so rageful. We're like, I'm having a tough day, but now I'm going to go scroll on social media and see all these other people <laughs> leaving their perfect lives and doing things all perfectly. And, I'm and lying like, about it. Um, and lying about <laughs> it. Like, where's the authenticity, you know? And so I feel like we're not doing ourselves any favors there either because we're just constantly in this kind of subconscious way comparing ourselves to all of this around us and no wonder we're all angry i know (laughs) i got i gotta hold you right there we have to take a a short break and we'll be back on we're momming today with florence and romano in a second when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on We're Momming Today with Florence and Romano. Okay, we've identified, or I have identified some of my triggers. And, like, <laughs> I feel like most people kind of know when they're about to blow. I do. I'm right. like, oh, I, I just, I, I feel it. And, it, and it's it's exa- everything you said. It's a culmination of I've been solo with the kids for four days and four nights. Now I'm working full time. They've d- done nothing but wine, whatever. And then it's like that one right. thing just, just sets me over. But if you feel it's about to happen, what can we do to prevent it from happening? 
Well, this is <laughs> nothing. Back to you. Nothing. There's nothing. I'm giving no advice at all. You just you're 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 down the river, and that's it. You've got nothing to do now. I mean, pausing and taking a deep breath. I know that sounds so sophomoric, but it's true. You get caught up in the emotions of the moment and become overwhelmed. Try to take that deep breath. Try to count to ten. Uh, but you know, this idea of screaming into a pillowcase. You know, you hear that like from years ago, right? That I'm just going to scream into a pillowcase. I think people still do this. And friends of mine, I told them, I was like, try doing that. And they'll call me and be like, you know, it actually worked. It was actually really nice oh. to actually do that for a moment. And so, you know, and walking away, this is my big piece of advice, walking away and giving yourself some space, giving the kids some space so you can like collect your thoughts and collect yourself. That's a huge Thing to be able to model for children. It's very hard to do this, even with my boyfriend. I did this the other day with him. I knew I was about to say something. Don't say it. Don't say it, Florence Ann. And I did. I did. I should have walked away. I kept saying to myself, just walk out of the room and just like collect yourself from it. But no, but it felt I said, so good to say. It did. It landed <laughs> terribly. And he was very upset. But I said it, you know, and so I but of course, I walked away with all this guilt. I'm like, I kept telling myself in my brain, just walk away for a second. You're going to regret saying this. So even with children, same thing. You don't have to have that moment with them necessarily at that moment. You can walk away, take a minute, give them space, give yourself space, call your girlfriend in the other room and say, I'm going to I'm going to lose it on them right now. Just calm me down. Just calm me down right now for a second. And maybe that that will help. Maybe just walking out of the room for a second will help. But that idea of space, that's my biggest piece of advice for you guys is that it's okay to walk away from it for, for a moment and collect yourself. And you will see, and I've tried it myself. I would never tell you guys to do anything I haven't done. You will see that there is a change in the energy when you come back and it's going to make the consequences of that moment less, less scary, less rageful, less dramatic, you know, and less guilt, truthfully, too. I took um, a, a yoga teacher training course a few years ago, and we uh, we learned that there are four gates of speech. And one of them was, does this information need to be out there? Does mm -hmm. anybody in the world need to know what I feel the need to say right now? Mm -hmm. And then the mm -hmm. second the second that. question was, if it needs to be said, does it need to come from me? And I, oh, I actually forget the other two gates of speech, but those are the they've worked with me because I, I feel we're in um, or maybe I identify with. I have friends that, that maybe f feel like they need to tell you everything on their mind. and You must know this. And I kind of go in the different direction now. I'm like, OK, that might be true. I might want them to know that. But do they need to know that? And, and am I the right person to say it? And I've transformed my thoughts around that new way of thinking. And I'm okay saying, you know what, I'm just going to deal with this because it, it's just, it's better that they don't know, or it's better that I don't put that out there. It kind of helps. In, I think it, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. I, I, and I think this idea of, do they need to know that information, even with friends or with children, it's the same thing, right? Gosh, when they get to be teenagers, you know, <laughs> the information... <laughs> And you come out, of, it comes out of your mouth. You're like, do I really need to know that? Or am I just saying it? But I think a lot of times we find ourselves saying a lot of what we say because we want to say it because yeah. it's important 
to get it off our chests. Right. Get it off our chest. But how is it going to land with them? Am I going to ruin their day? Am I going to now send them down a rabbit hole because I just brought something up that is going to make them aware of something that now is going to trigger something in them and is a ripple effect? You know, yes. You know, why are we going to say the things that we're going to say? Is there a selfish reason behind it? Now, again, there's two camps here. It's never wrong for you to feel what you're feeling, but it's the behavior or how you deliver it. That's that's what we have to pay attention to. No, you're not wrong for having your feelings, but the way you deliver that message or the way you express yourself or the behavior you have while expressing yourself, that's what we need to pay attention to. It's never that the feelings are wrong, and that's an important message for the children. You're not wrong for feeling this way, but how you react, that's what I'm paying attention to. That's what we're working on. So and- well said. So well yes. said. I, you know, I, I, if you put your mom hat on for a second, we've all been in the situation where we've been approached by other moms about something that our kids did that their kids didn't like. And I, I, I question that in general <laughs> Because mm-hmm. it depends yeah. on the age of the kid, you know, some of this stuff is whatever. Um, we've, we, <laughs> we can go down that. We can have that discussion, too, because I, yeah, I feel the same way you do well, about so, that as well. OK, so my um, my my little guy came home from school and for about two weeks straight, he was telling me that and he, he was three at the time. He was mm-hmm. telling me that one of his good friends was hitting him. And he kept okay. saying it. And I, I have a feeling this boy who has been at my house multiple times, I know his parents. I'm not like super friend, you know, best friends with them, but we're very friendly. I know this boy is not hitting my son. But something's happening to my son to make him repeatedly say he's getting hit in school. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no, what do I do? I could mention something to the parents that would be more direct, but I didn't want to be that parent. And I didn't want to upset them because I know the mother would have been like, oh, I'm going to handle it, you know. And then she oh. would have gotten all upset that she has a little bully, which I don't think she has. So I'll tell you what I did, and then you can tell me if it was good or bad. So I wrote an email to the school, and I said, I just wanted to bring something to your attention. My son is saying that he is getting hit in school by some boys. I'm pretty sure the boys are not hitting him. Because they're all very nice and we know them, but there's something that's happening that's making my son think he's being hit or something's being misinterpreted. Can you just look into it? I love that. Did I, I, I did good? Love that. <laughs> I think that that's great because you're not involving the family and you, you want to get to the source, too, because even if you went and told the other mom, you know, how when the child is confronted about that, who knows what that answer was going to be. So there was still going to have to be, I think, a third party to get involved to be able to confirm what's actually happening there. People who have eyes on those kids during the day and what their socialization techniques are or any bullying that is going on. So can I ask, what was there a resolution to this? So the teacher got back to me right away and, and she said, oh, yeah, they're all hitting each other in a wrestling sort of way and ending up on the floor and oh. laughing about it. Okay. So... And you were right. Your instinct was right, though. You my know, son it, never complained after whatever she did. He he never complained after that. But I lost sleep about this because I, I really didn't know how to handle the issue. I didn't I just didn't want to make anybody feel bad or report anybody or or even make it look like I was that type of mom. You know, like, oh, yours. My son is saying that your son. I, 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 just, I didn't know how to handle it. 
No, and you handled it beautifully. I Like I said, I think there was going to have to be a third party that was going to come into it, no matter if you had handled it with the mom directly, because she doesn't know the truth. You don't know the truth, right? They always say that there's three sides to every story. There's yours, there's mine, there's the truth. In this situation, you had to be able to bring that third party into it to know really what was going on, and you got your answer. And look, that helps you save a, an uncomfortable conversation with the mother, but let's pretend that that's not the information you found out, that the teacher did come back to you and say that, yeah, I'm, I am witnessing that there is some bullying going on with your son and he is the recipient of that bullying. Then that's different. That's different than, than you going to that mother and having a conversation with her about what you have found out from the, uh, the eyes on the ground. That's different because you come with facts then. You come with evidence. In the other situation, you're saying, well, this is the he said, she said situation. So I think what you did was great because it saved a lot of, like I said, an uncomfortable conversation with the mom, but also was, you know, that trust but verify, you know, that, that, that saying you did that. And yeah. I, I really, I really love how you it, handled it. it was, I was just so, um, had so much anxiety about that situation because I had recently been approached by other parents about something my other child was doing. And it was uh-huh. really uncomfortable because I, I was so quick to apologize and yell at my kid when my, my kid really wasn't to blame. So then I was beating myself up for not standing up for my child. And I was just like, oh, this... I think you know where where I'm going with this. There's a (laughs) lot of politics in parenting. (laughs) There is. And, you know, no parent wants to think that their kid is the problem. Right. You know, and so they automatically become like I'm like you, where all of a sudden it's like I'm embarrassed that, okay, now this is a reflection on me. They think that I you know, what kind of parent am I? And this is what my kid's doing and stuff. And so then that become that breeds a lot of different feelings as a parent. Then then you have that guilt and then you have that anger and then that, you know, becomes something else. So I would go down the same you know road you are. Um, but when you do bring up something to another parent, I, I think the tact of that you know, is very important. But what you did, what I think is important, you know, piece of advice for all of us here is instead of going and having that conversation with her, you wanted to make sure that there were facts attached to it. And look what you found out. So I think not being afraid to kind of do your own research there and, you know, make sure that you're you're getting the right information so that whatever the situation is, it can be handled is important. And I, I understand where you're going with that. I think all those feelings that that moms have in terms of, you know, it's my kid and this is my responsibility. And what, how does this make me look and feel and what am I doing wrong? And see how see that rabbit hole, how quickly we go down that when all of a sudden that happens. It it's never just cut and dry. And I think that's what people need to understand, too, about parenting is it's not just that one conversation you're going to have and then that's it. You're like, okay, I'm going to wash my hands of that and walk away. No, you're going to sit there probably, you know, at night not being able to sleep because you're going over all these different scenarios. You're how am I going to handle this? And is this going to hurt someone's feelings? Am I doing the right thing? Am I going to? And that 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 is what I think a lot of people don't understand about about parenting and especially the pressures moms have specifically is when you lay there at night hoping you're going to find just a little bit of sleep all of a sudden you're you're going down this rabbit hole you're going down this this 
this road that you know you're not going to be able to come back from because that's when you're going to do all your thinking when you finally have a moment to yourself so instead of having a moment to yourself where you're going to recharge do something for yourself energize yourself in some sort of way what are you doing? You're thinking about your kids. You're thinking about all the things maybe you did wrong <laughs> that day, you know? So like, you know, and, and that's advice I can give anyone saying like, you know, give yourself a few moments for you, you know, read a little bit or talk on the phone to a girlfriend or just, you know, meditate or do whatever, or do yoga. Like you were talking about whatever it is, but those quiet moments, generally we can't quiet our brains. Oh, to- it's so hard. I try to meditate when I'm picking my kids up from school. Like, right, like, as I'm waiting for them. <laughs> like, well, I think that's a really great idea. A bomb is about to explode in the car <laughs> once they get in. Um, right? Someone's going to hit you with their backpack, and then all of a sudden, what's happening? Now you're dealing with everyone else's feelings. <laughs> that's, that. I mean, that's the job of a mom, right? You're dealing with, you know, your feelings always comes come last. So, again, why do we feel all this rage and triggered and all that? Because it's never about you. It's never and, about you first. And it's you, about... You say, you say make time for, for yourself. And yes, yes, yes. It's just more difficult to do. I know I like to watch like silly TV late at night. But my kid's new thing is one of them will wake up and come in my bed right when I'm about <laughs> to put my show on. And then I can't watch it because it's inappropriate. Um, so it's like you can't even get your like late hours to yourself when it's way past bedtime. And I'm already like, you know, counting on one hand how many hours I'm going to get of sleep that night. And they're cutting into it. Well, and that's why it's the quality over quantity. You know, with, with I think in life in general, mom or not, I think, you know, how we divide our time and also the consistency, you know, that I'm the same way you are. I have like my silly shows that I like to watch, you know, that's like, you know, super trashy and I love every second of it. And that's like, you know, the thing that, you know, turns my brain off. How funny is that? That like watching people fight on TV is the thing that turns my brain off sometimes, but it does. But it's this idea that I've gotten used to now that the one it's not oh it's not that one thing that i'm going to get to do maybe it's going to be a bunch of different things that i know bring me joy or energize me or bring me peace or shut my brain off or give me time to myself and i'm not looking for it has to happen four times a week at 7 p.m. or 10 p.m. or whatever it is. It's it's I've learned that I try to take it where I can find it. It's like, all right, today, this is what I can do for five minutes for myself. And it's not going to maybe look that way tomorrow and maybe not for the rest of the week. But at least I got that in that moment for that amount of time this week. You know, it's 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 not perfect. It's not a perfect system. There's no way we can say, I'm gonna make this time for myself and carve it out. And you know, my husband's just gonna have to help me. And that's just gonna be what it is. Well, great if you can do that. But if it can't be done that way because life gets in the way, then try to find those moments where you can capture it. And like I said, if it's not gonna be consistent, don't beat yourself up about that. That I didn't get my Tuesday manicure and that's my self care time. Well, you need to find something else that week then that is gonna give you that same feeling, but it's gonna be maybe be a different activity. And, and, and stop putting the pressure on yourself in that way too, to make sure that you have that one thing that you're doing. Because I think that that's the, the secret is it can't just be the one thing. There has to be other things we find too. Florence and Romano, thank you for the advice. 
I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.